Welcome to His Church Owensboro Podcast. We are so excited about what God is doing in your life, and we would love to hear from you. Visit us at hischurch.cc and let us know about all of the things that God is doing in your life. If you have been blessed by this podcast and would consider supporting us financially, please visit hischurch.cc and click on Give to see the many options available. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message blesses you. Jesus one can we give Jesus one more I mean, I mean can we can we do it can we really give him one more hand clap today can somebody shout unto him come on let's lift our voices for one more moment King of Kings Lord of Lords Alpha Omega beginning and end he who was and is and is to come Lord, I thank you that you're here. Come on, lift a hand to heaven if you're comfortable with it. I thank you that you're here. Lord, to bless these, your people, to move supernaturally. I pray you touch every heart. I pray you break every chain. I pray you heal every sickness. I pray you start something new in all of our lives. Father, I thank you that this isn't a sleepy Sunday, but this is a day that we're in the presence of a mighty, mighty God. So we come expecting. Lord, enlarge our hearts. Change the way we think. Make us greater people for your glory. In Jesus' mighty name, and the church said amen. Come on, give all of our campuses a big hand clap. We welcome you, everybody online. Come on, Dumas. Uh, we welcome Henderson, Owensboro. We love you. Now, at every campus, turn to somebody and tell them you look like you've lost 20 pounds. Just tell them that. They have lost 20 pounds. Amen. Turn to your other neighbor. Tell them something good's going to happen to you today, today, today. And... Um, I'm excited to preach and to teach today. You know, cancel culture's been going just a little bit crazy recently. Dr. Zeus, Sam I am, green eggs and ham. Man, those green eggs, they offend me, right? Eggs can't be green. Can I get an amen? That's wicked, evil green eggs. And then I heard, um, you know, Speedy Gonzalez, he got it this last week, so bye-bye, Speedy. Now, Pepe Le Pew was a little bit creepy, so he had it coming, right? Just a, just a little bit creepy. I don't know how Fat Albert has survived. Everything's getting canceled, and there's a reason. But I'll tell you this last week, the woke mob tried to cancel Jesus, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Now, I think somebody already tried to cancel him about 2,000 years ago. And if I remember right, he was placed in a borrowed man's tomb, wrapped in the grave clothes. But on the third day, the power of God came into that tomb, and he stepped out, King of kings and Lord of lords. Come on. Come on. You cannot cancel Jesus. Can I get an amen? Rome tried to cancel him, the church group. The Germans tried to cancel him. Come on, there was a great revival. The Chinese are still trying to cancel him. Not the people of China, but the Chinese Communist Party. And there's been the largest revival there's ever been in the history of China. It's happening right now under the ground. Come on, let's give those Christians a hand clap for what they're doing, what they go through. Persecuted people. Great revival in the Middle East. Where radical Islam's tried to cancel him, but you cannot cancel Jesus. Do you want to know why? He is King of Kings. He is Lord of Lords. And he will not be stopped. He is the Lion of the tribe of Judah. He's the bright and the morning star. He's the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, and everything in between. It's all him. He won't be 
stopped. So there was a liberal, I won't even call him a pastor, I won't call him a theologian, just some woke, probably paid, wannabe preacher by the name of Reverend, I won't call him Reverend, let's just call him Brandon Robertson, took to TikTok this week saying that Jesus was a racist. This guy graduated from the Moody Bible Institute. The man that founded the Moody Bible Institute was Dwight L. Moody, one of the greatest revivalists, greatest theologians, and made one of the greatest contributions to American Christianity. He is rolling over in his grave right now. And I want to take you to the story where this guy points out that Jesus was a racist, and Jesus had to repent of his thinking. And here's what I know about Jesus. I know that Jesus is the sinless son of the living God. Behold the Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world. Can I get an amen out there? The Bible says he himself is the propitiation or the payment for our sin and not only for ours but also for the entire world. See, Jesus is sinless. And if Jesus were a racist, he could not be sinless because racism is a sin. Come on, Jesus is not a racist. Jesus is the Savior of every. Every tribe, every tongue, white, black, yellow, brown, red, you name it. He's everybody's savior if they'll call on his name. Can I get an amen out there? I want to take you to the text that went viral. We'll look at it out of the gospel of Matthew. If you have your Bibles on, you open them up. Matthew chapter 15, verses 21 through 28. It's funny, we were on our way here. We're talking to the kids, and there's a song we learned in church as kids. Y'all might have learned it, red and yellow, black and white. Y'all remember that? They're precious what? In his sight. My kids are like, what about the brown people? I'm like, I don't know. We got to write another verse or something. And then Chapel said, what about orange people? Does he love President Trump? I said, yes, he does. Come on. That's my clever youngest child, right? Red and yellow, black and white, brown and orange, they are precious in his sight. Amen? Matthew chapter 15, verses 21 through 28. Here's the story he's talking about. It says, Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. It's a messianic title. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. But he answers and says, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and to throw it to the little dogs. And she said, Yes, Lord, but even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. How many are thankful that we can have the crumbs and we can have the bread, that we're the children of God? Come on, we're all the way in. Healing is the children's bread. Can I get an amen? So Jesus is dealing with the woman from Canaan. The Gospel of Mark calls her a Syrophoenician woman. She's Greek. Let me explain some things about her and about the culture they're living in. 
When you read this and you think about Jesus, you probably think about Jesus and the Jews maybe being on the top of the power structure when these two people or these two different types of people are colliding. But the Jews were on the bottom of the power structure. During these days, it was Pax Romana or the rule of Rome. Rome had conquered the world. Uh, the Jews were under Roman oppression. And the Greeks were the wealthiest people around in Jerusalem in that time. She was of the privileged caste. Jesus was of the oppressed caste. And so the woman knows that Jesus is a miracle worker. She comes walking up. She's got a child that's demon-possessed. Man, I've watched it. You got a kid that's falling apart and hurting themselves and just life is like, nothing is at peace when you got a child like that. God can give you peace that surpasses all understanding. But come on, you're still a parent. It's still there. And so this, this mama comes up to Jesus and she, she says, Lord, Lord, have mercy on me. Calls him son of David. Calls him Messiah. Says, man, I, I, need, I need my daughter. Needs this devil cast out of her. Need healing. The Bible says he answers her not a word. You know, whenever we pray, I believe that God always answers. You just might not hear it right now. Whenever we pray, I believe God always answers. Can I get an amen? You just might not hear it right now. Let me say it one more time. Whenever you pray, come on. Some of you are right on the verge of giving up, but whenever you pray, I'm telling you, God always answers. You just might not hear it right now. Don't stop praying. Don't stop believing. Don't stop pushing. Don't stop confessing. Hold on to the horns of the altar. You'll see it come to pass. And so he doesn't answer her word. Now, this was part of rabbinic culture. What rabbis would do, if you wanted to follow a rabbi, or you wanted to be ministered to by a rabbi, or you wanted a miracle, what they would do is they would intentionally drive you away to test your mettle. And Americans say, that's not nice. You know, nowhere in the New Testament does it say, be nice. Right? I say things online and people are like, that's not very nice for a pastor. I'm like, yeah, I'm not a nice pastor. There's plenty of nice pastors on TV. I don't want to be one. I want to be a kind pastor because kindness is a fruit of the Spirit. Nice is not a fruit of the Spirit. Kindness means a moral uprightness. Now, I'm going to be nice. I'm Southern, but don't confuse nice with righteousness. Can I get an amen out there? Jesus intentionally doesn't answer her. Why? Going to make them come after. See what she's got. See if she's for real. Testing her metal. Testing her faith. You know, we, we do this with people. You know, we're, we're going to plant 100 campuses. This church is going to plant 100 campuses to the glory of God. We're going to have a revival in this nation. And I'm telling you, it's going to come out of Amarillo, Owensboro, Henderson, Dumas. We're going to, we're going to plant 100 campuses. So what, what is that going to take? We're going to have to create a leadership machine. And you know what we will intentionally do to test their mettle? We will offend them. We'll make them do things they don't understand. We'll see if they can follow orders. We'll say things that will hurt their feelings. Why? You better test their mettle before you put them in a leadership position. Because I promise you the world, the devil, and even the church folk are going to test their mettle. So let's do it now while they're young so they don't, don't die in the battlefield. It's like, it's like the army and, and armed forces. 
right? How many, how many of you served out there? Let me, let me see your hand. You served in the military, some branch. Y'all give them a hand clap. Come on, we love you. Were they, were they nice to you in basic training? No, it was by design. Why? To keep you alive in the day of battle. Jesus doesn't answer. She keeps crying out. And so uh, so, some of his disciples are like, tell her to go away. See, sometimes people are crying out. There's different types of cries. Let me say this. I've learned this as a pastor. Some are cries of faith. Somebody that really needs something, it's a cry of faith. That's where this woman was. Some cries are distractions and they're demonic. And it's a devil trying to get attention off of what God is really doing. So you have to learn to discern what cries what, right? And some cries just people doing what people do, right? It's just, it's just what it is. And so this woman comes up and he turns around and he says, I was sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Jesus is on mission right now to turn the heart of Israel. He loved his nation so much he goes up on the Mount of Olives over there, looks out at Jerusalem and weeps. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I've longed to gather you to myself like a mother hen gathers her chicks, but you would not have it. He loved Israel. He's on task. But come on, he also loved everyone else. He loves the entire world. For God so love what, church? For God so love what, church? For God so love what, church? That he gave his only begotten son so whosoever would believe on him might not perish but have everlasting life. So then he says, I was just sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. She comes, she falls at his feet, she worships him. And he says, it's not good to take the children's bread and to give it to the dogs. Here's the point, this so-called woke pastor trying to make Jesus a racist, he called the woman a dog. Did you know this? She was of the wealthiest class where they lived. And they often took the bread from the peasant Jews, took their assets and their money, and fed their own children. They'd been taking the bread from the children of the nation of Israel forever. And Jesus is exposing what was really wrong in the culture at the time. This guy doesn't tell you that because context is king and it'll hurt his wokeology. Come on, we need a little less wokeology and a little more theology, a little less feeling and a little more Bible. Come on, a little less uh, media and a little more meat of the Word of God. Can I get an amen out there? And, and, and so, so he, he turns around. She says, he, he says it's not good, but she says even the dogs get the crumbs off the master's table. Boy, he, he, she passed the test then. He turns around, he looks at her, he says, Oh, woman, great is your faith. It's that mama that will just keep coming back. That mama that won't give up on that boy. Come on, putting that needle in his arm. That mama that won't give up on that depressed daughter. That mama that won't give up. Oh, oh, great is your faith. And immediately that child was healed and set free. Somebody give God a hand clap for our healing Jesus. Now, let me tell you some radical things about the Gospel of Matthew. That story I just read from the Gospel of Matthew, it starts with the genealogy of Jesus. Genealogies were very important to the Jewish people. It was where you came from, who you were out of. You could trace back your heritage. 
You had to have the right genealogy to live in the right neighborhoods, to get the right jobs, to get the right um, places, seats of power. If you think about Moses' staff, how many of you know about Moses' staff and Aaron's rod? You know what they would do? They would carve their genealogy on their staff and on that, on that rod so they could prove who they were from. And whenever Matthew begins to record Jesus' genealogy, do you know he didn't have just one Gentile in the genealogy of Jesus? There wasn't just two Gentiles in the genealogy of Jesus. There weren't just three Gentiles in the genealogy of Jesus. There were four Gentiles in the genealogy of Jesus, one of which was Rahab the harlot. For Matthew to record that about Jesus was so mind-blowing during their day, it would almost be like shock rock. Because Jesus had as much other Gentile blood in him as the woman he was talking to. If he was calling her a dog, he was calling himself a dog. Why did Jesus have to have both Jewish and Gentile blood on the inside of him? Because to redeem both Jew and Gentile, precious, pure blood of Jew and Gentile type had to flow out of his veins on Calvary. Come on. He's the God that saves the Jew. He's the God that saves the Gentile. He's the God that saves the white. God that saves the black. Come on. Give God a hand clap. I'm telling you, he is God over all. Amen? Not a racist Jesus. This guy goes on to say that Jesus repented, changed his thinking. Jesus didn't repent. Jesus is the word of God. He was there at the beginning. There is no spot. There is no blemish. He is perfect. He is beautiful. He is absolutely holy. He is undefiled. He is a cut above. He is kadosh. He is God. There is no one else like him. There's never been one before, and there'll never be one afterwards. There is only one Jesus. You got to look at the rest of the Gospels. Why would they make this play on Jesus? Well, there's a Trojan horse that's trying to ride its way into the evangelical church right now and the mainstream church that wants to change the truth of the New Testament, wants to change the person of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, wants to change our values, wants to change your, your stance on abortion, wants you to be okay with the slaughter of hundreds of thousands of innocent babies. Why? So it can fuel its agenda. Wants to change the way you think so it can control you. They've done it before. And this is systematic. Erasing history. I'm not against you wearing a mask. I'm not against it. But I'm telling you, it's dehumanizing us. Where we don't care about each other like we used to. How many know we don't talk when we see each other like we used to? And if we don't talk and we don't see each other like humans, we're easily controlled. Then if you can bring a schism to the church theologically, you can split us and divide and conquer. 
But I'm going to tell you, we're not going to allow the church to be divided. We're not going to allow the church to be conquered. Come on. We're going to be a house that stands in unity. And this church is going to stand for what's right. We're going to stand for boldness. We're going to stand for Jesus. We're going to stand for the Bible. And we don't care what it costs us. We already signed away our life a long time ago. Even if it takes us to our grave, we're not backing up. We're not backing down. We're not shutting up. We'll be saying the same thing in 20 years we're saying right now. That is that Jesus is Lord and the Word does not change. Can I get an amen? See, he doesn't change. So I want to show you. When Jesus, he runs into people that weren't this culture. He always lifted them. Every time Jesus interacted with women or Gentiles, both people that were seen as second-class citizens by a lot of people back then 2,000 years ago, he elevated both. Think about Jesus, John chapter 4. He goes and he meets the woman at the well. Don't have time to take you to the text. I'm running out of time, but, but it, she was in a city called Sakar. She was a Samaritan woman. And there was a well outside of Sakar called Jacob's Well, where Jacob drew water in Genesis. And okay, this woman is out drawing water at Jacob's Well. Well, it doesn't even make sense for her to be drawing water out of Jacob's Well because there was a more readily source of water available in the city of Sakar. Why did she go out there? She walked past water, and she was there at a strange time of the day. Why would she do that? Well, this woman is the woman who had been around town. Everybody knew it. Everybody talked about it. Jesus even knew it prophetically. She had the scarlet A placed on her. She'd become an outcast in her community. So she's sent out. She goes at an odd time of the day to draw water at Jacob's well. She runs into Jesus there. Now, if you're a Jew and you're reading this, Anytime a man meets a woman at a well in the book of Genesis, what happens? They hook up. Come on. It's like the tender of Genesis, right? That's, I'm playing. It's not that defiled, right? But it's, it's where they met. So any Jews reading this, they meet at a well. They know what's happening. It's where the patriarchs got their wives at wells. Everybody has to go to the water. But, but this woman had been around. She thinks a man goes to talk to her, well, he must want sex or something like that. That's not the Jesus we serve. Jesus came to give her absolute life. Now, she's a Samaritan woman. Most Jews wouldn't go close to the Samaritans. They wouldn't be caught dead in this region. Why? Because it would defile them. Jesus shows up, and he asks her for water. She's blown away. She looks at Jesus and says, man, you Jews have no dealings with, with us Samaritans. Why are you talking to me? But here's what Jesus does. Whenever he helps the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, Jesus crosses gender barriers. Jesus crosses cultural barriers. Jesus crosses socioeconomic barriers. And Jesus crosses ethnic barriers because he is a limitless Jesus. There are no barriers for him. Amen. He talks to her. He says, can you give me some water? They, they have a dialogue, and he says, if you knew who I, who I was, you would ask of me, and I would give you water that would spring up into everlasting life. 
And that Samaritan woman finds Jesus and gains value and becomes an evangelist for him. Come on, Jesus is not a racist. Jesus is the God of the world. He came to save everybody, every tribe, every tongue, every nation. Amen. Thinking about another encounter Jesus had with someone of another race. He was the Roman centurion. Roman centurion, a man of power. Now think about this. This is the guy that rules and reigns. He's got a hundred people under him. He's a military force. He's definitely not Jewish. The Romans had conquered Israel. There was animosity. There were plots to take them out. There were a group of people called the Zealots that wanted to overturn them. The Roman centurion was a guy that, man, the Jews, they hated. And he comes to Jesus because he knows that Jesus is Messiah. Jesus is a wonder worker. And he's got somebody that's real sick at home. And he comes to him and he tells Jesus about, about he, he needs a healing in his household. And Jesus says to the Roman centurion, sees his faith, says, I will go with you. He was willing to go to the house of a Gentile. I will come with you. And so what happens at this point is, is, is the, the Roman centurion says, listen, you don't have to come with me. I also am a man under authority. I say to this one, he's talking about the many elites. I say to this one, come and he comes. I say to that one, go and he goes. What I say happens, I'm under authority. Come on, everybody say under authority. Wasn't a man of authority, he was a man under authority. The only way you get authority is you gotta be under authority. Wasn't that the Roman centurion was so bad, it was that all of Rome was behind him. If you mess with him, you mess with all of Rome. And he said, I know that, that I'm a man under authority. What I say happens. And he's saying Jesus is a man under authority. By the way, our, our police officers, they're people under authority. They're under the authority of, of our, our, our government, right? That's why even if you disagree, don't resist arrest. It will not go well for you. Can I get an amen out there, right? Right? How many are thankful for the people that protect our community for all of us? I'm thankful. Hey, and how is defunding the police working out in America right now? It's not working out at all. You see de Blasio's wife get up this last week in New York and say, if you see people going after people, attacking people, please intervene. And she said, why don't you try to ask them a question like, what time is it to distract them? I'm like, have you ever seen a robbery? <laughs> you ever seen some drunks fighting at a bar? Oh, by the way, what time is it right now? Huh? Hey, you remember we used to have some people that took care of problems like this. They were called police officers and you defunded them. It is the height of woke idiocy in America. Next time we wake up, stop letting them feed us this garbage. Go back to some common sense. Go back to the Word of God. Go back to some respect and some honor. Come on. Go back, go back to some justice. Go back to some Jesus. Go back to some Ten Commandments. Go back to some, some understanding humans are humans. Can I get an amen out there? So he says, I'm a man under authority. And he, he points and he says, listen, he knows Jesus is a man under authority. He says, I'm here for Rome, but you're here under the authority of heaven. And he says, if you speak the word only, 
my servant will be healed. Jesus turns around to this Roman centurion and his mind is blown. And he says, I have not seen such great faith in all of the nation of Israel. In the Greek, he said, I see when I look at you, I see mega faith is the word he uses in the Greek. How many of y'all would like to be a person Jesus looks at and says, right there in Amarillo, right there in Owensboro, right there in Dumas, right there in Henderson, there's a person of mega faith, somebody that believes. The Bible says that that man's servant was healed from that moment. Come on, let's give Jesus a hand clap. He is a healing, 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 healing Jesus. I'm going to tell you, Jesus is not a racist Jesus. To be a racist is to be sinful. And our Jesus is without sin, without spot, without blemish, without wrinkle. He is the perfect Lamb of God that came to take away the sin of the world. If you believe this kind of woke theology, and I, I do, I don't fear because I don't walk in fear. I won't say it like that. But I'm concerned for our younger generation because they're being fed so much malarkey. And that's a pulpit word I'm using for it right now. In their schools, there's some great teachers that stand on the Word of God. Let's give them a big hand clap. We, we, I'm, I'm for you. Great principles stand on the Word of God. But I'm telling you, there's a lot of them with teachers with a demonic agenda. And what are they pushing? They're pushing, they're pushing systematic racism. They're pushing um, new sexual identity, identity stuff. They're pushing a million different genders. They're, if the word of God is for it, they are against it. And just see where the teachers' unions put their money come election time. It'll be with the abortionists. It'll be with the people that say there's 47 genders and growing. Now think about what that's going to do to a generation. They tell them you can be your own God, practically. Work out your own morality. Where does that put us? That puts us in some darkness. But I got good news. Whenever the darkness begins to get darker and darker, the light of the church and the light of revival is going to get brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter. And brighter. Now, if you believe Jesus was sinful, you'll never see heaven. Theological terms. My uh, dad paid for me to go to college. Thanks, Dad. But I learned couple of big $100 words there. One was called Christology. What's Christology? It's who you believe Jesus is. Fancy way of saying who is Jesus. Everybody say Christology. There's another word called Soteriology. I won't make you say that out loud because it's difficult, right? But uh, Soteriology, I can't hardly say it. And that's how a person is saved. And what they taught us in theology school was that you have to have a high enough Christology to support a sufficient soteriology. Let me say it like this. You gotta have a high enough view of Jesus to be saved and go to heaven. 
me say it one more time. You have to have a high enough view of Jesus to be saved and go to heaven. How many of y'all believe that Jesus is the sinless Son of God that takes away the sin of the world? Come on, if you believe that, make some noise at every campus. Come on, come on, let's worship the sinless Son of God who takes away the sin. Come on, come on, let's, let's do better than that. The Alpha, the Omega, the sinless Son of God who took away our sin, and not just our sin, but the sin of the entire world. Amen? Amen. Stay, stay standing. Everybody stand up. I want to read you one more scripture. If you've got a high enough Christology to support a sufficient soteriology, you're going to get to see something that's going to be amazing. You'll see a lot of things that are going to be amazing. But John already saw this in the book of Revelation. And every person that comes into the kingdom, we're going to see this in the future. It's Revelation chapter 7, verses 9 and 10. And here's what John saw. He said, after these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude which no one could number, of all nations, tribes, peoples, tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. There's a day coming, church, we're going to see every tribe. How many want to see every tongue? How many want to see every nation? How many want to see every people? How many want to see that great worship service in eternity? I'm telling you, we're going to be there, and it's going to be beautiful. Can I get an amen out there? Red and yellow, black and white, brown and orange, they are precious in His sight. Amen? All the little children of the world. Jesus came to save the Jew to save the Gentile. Now I'm thankful that he saved a Gentile dog like me. If you're in agreement, say amen out there. Let me, let me, let me pray. Let's pray for each other. Come on, let's pray. Now I'm going to pray revival would come and flow. I'm going to pray that we would be able to identify, man, true theology versus a counterfeit. This is a counterfeit that's being pushed in our culture. And if you encounter the real thing, you'll begin to know a counterfeit when you see it. It's where I want our kids. Come on, let's pray. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth right now. We pray for revival. Come on, you may want to lift a hand to heaven right now. I pray for the fire of God to begin to sweep into every His church campus. I pray for the power of God to come upon us. Lord, make us witnesses. Make us dispensers of truth. Make us people that lead others to Jesus. Let us be people that bring living water everywhere we go, oh Lord. I thank you, Father, for the faith of these people. I feel it in the room. I feel faith is increasing right now. Some of you walked through a season of darkness where it was like, it's like my faith, it's kind of there, but it's kind of not. It was like a flickering candle, says the Lord. The wind was blowing upon it, trying to put out your faith. But the Lord says, I've come, and I'm igniting your faith afresh and anew, and your candle will burn bright, and those who are around you will see it. For you are a city set upon a hill. You are the light of the world, and you're more effective than you realize says God stop minimizing what you can do stop minimizing who you can reach stop minimizing the power I placed upon you for you are a person under my authority says the Lord of hosts come on let's give him a hand clap and all the church said
Amen.